Welcome to episode 25 of the Switch Mania Playcast. Gotta get you on these uh, quips, Barry. <laughs> 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 Like, I think JP would probably say had a sewed, and it would have taken him, like, all week to figure out that quip. <laughs> you didn't tell me there was a quip. There's yeah. always a quip. You didn't tell me I had to do it, though. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Switch Media. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, it's, been a, it's been a crazy week. Um, I alluded to it last podcast, but I was followed around since last Wednesday, before we recorded, um, by a film crew, and they are filming my entire move to Georgia. It'll be on HGTV in, like, March, by the way. I don't even know if Barry's tracking that one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting. I'm waiting to find out when it's going to air. I'll definitely watch that episode. So we were told there's 13 episodes total of the show. It's either, it's like House in a Hurry is what it's going to be called. Um, Everybody moves in a hurry, which is what I do every two to three years. So, um... We were episode six, so if they air us in order and they start in February, it should be like March when our episode airs. It was crazy, man. It was insane. Um, the house we're getting is awesome. It's in Evans, Georgia, so I'll be out near Augusta area for the next few years. Hopefully the internet's better, um, and if it is, I plan to start uh, live streaming on Twitch um, the Switch Mania Playcast game of the week and whatever else we may be doing for the Switch because it's going to be a, a really awesome house and I figure might as well start start streaming on certain days of the week. Like we'll get with um, everybody who listens and comment um, you know, Facebook, wherever you see us and let us know what days would be cool just to, you know, to uh, talk Switch while we play some of the new games. Um also plan to do some like a day where i'll be doing like book editing live because i've done that before and people loved it like working on the switch collector live while i'm streaming it and people asking questions and providing input and i love that kind of stuff man um for sure um yeah yeah. that sounds great yeah i mean it's so like because i'm in a black hole of internet out here like the only reason why we're able to talk right now decently is because everybody else is at work because we're at a funneled internet it's crazy that's terrible. Well, good thing good thing you're out, though. You kind of gave spoilers on your episode. I mean, you, you already said you found a house. I mean... Well, I definitely on. found a house. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see that, you know, cardboard box at the end. Like, here's what we wound up with. Welcome Yay. to Georgia. <laughs> um, we looked at ten places, though, or had ten places on the list, looked at eight. So it'll be really cool. And the house that we got, like, what I want is people to f- try to figure out what house we picked. Because there's a bunch that were contenders. The market out there is crazy. Houses selling in a day, and you know it's insane. So, I think it's insane any like location that mainly has a good school. I've noticed um, if there's a good good school system, I've noticed houses just selling. Like the, literally a house across the street from us, we saw the, our neighbors. We had no idea they were selling, and the, we, you know the sign went up. And I was like, you know, out of curiosity, I, I, I just want to know what they're asking. You know, hey, I'm just kind of curious. So yeah. I called up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that house is sold. We only had to put that sign up for formality. It sold before the sign went up. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, if, if there's a good school district uh, and, a, you know, new family, if, of course, with kids, uh, I think those sell faster. Well, yeah. And what I want to do, too, is as we get closer to the holidays, um, we've already talked. I don't know if we talked on the cast, but we definitely talked offline that 
we're going to be kind of transitioning away from newer game experiences since I'm going to be in the process of moving and we have Christmas and and the holidays coming up so we want to you know have a focus on family but we'll still uh you know, talk back and forth on things like we want to do a Christmas episode or a Christmas collecting episode with budgeting. Um, oh God! But I like I'm going to talk that. about that right now. Oh, jeez! I'm so so upset from the news this morning. Jeez! Oh, we're gonna talk about that later. Newsworthy stuff for sure. I want to talk. I'm not that upset. Um, but. Uh. Um, I also want to talk about moving the collection, and I might do that as a Chronicles as we do episodes. Like, for example, I have a whole Switch collection that I need to move, um, but my unique way that I display things now is I take everything out of the cases. So right now, all of my limited editions and all my cases are all deconstructed and displayed and then all the cartridges are downstairs so i gotta put that all together like this weekend put all the cartridges back in cases put all the cases back in the le boxes and get everything like ready because we have packers that are going to come and pack up our house but they'll just throw stuff in boxes so i need everything you're you're gonna let people pack up your collection like like i would say like move the furniture or whatever (laughs) but i would never let anyone but myself and my wife pack up the game collection if i had to move like they're so easy to swipe so easy to oh oh you you have a hundred here you're not gonna miss this one you know (laughs) (laughs) oh trust me i have anxiety about it this is not my first move this is like my fifth move since i've had a huge collection um maybe sixth and anything that i am sentimental toward i absolutely will be packing myself so now it's like my my first editions of all my books and stuff, like all the personal stuff I've made is going in a tote with me. Anything that's a super limited, like I have some NES homebrew stuff that's like one of one. <laughs> like, yeah. like that stuff is going to be packed away. Um, stuff like my Power Fest 94 trophy, the one that's the same one, it's like an employee trophy too. That trophy that's worth thousands of dollars, that'll be packed up. Um, but, like, the general game collection, I will let people pack up because I take pictures. I do videos. Um, I don't – most companies are not going to um, put their reputation on the line, um, employees and, and companies, when it comes to that kind of stuff. So – and it all depends. If, if it's some shifty kid that's packing up – no, I'm, I'm going to be with them. <laughs> but – and most of my stuff will be in totes by the time they touch it anyways just because so yeah like I, I would just be like I'm, I'm packing up i'm always wary whenever anybody comes to the house even family i'm like well wary. like you know it's like yeah i don't know if you want you there you know like like we just the other day we have uh the um you know the bug guy come over to uh do a little little uh you know pesticide kind of thing to keep the bugs out dog friendly of course mm-hmm. and like he's come down to the basement and stuff and he's just spraying in little corners and stuff and like I'm, the whole time i'm watching him like a hawk i'm just like yeah you, you know i i know you have no interest in this but i don't care i am focused i'm making sure you don't touch anything yeah so i mean it all depends on when i gauge because like the last group that when i was coming from maryland to texas um they were like older people that had no clue what video games were so I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. They're just packing items at that point. They don't care. Because most people, unless they're a collector, don't know the intrinsic value or have a nostalgia for it. So 
And anything that's a super, like my sharp NES TV that's coming with me in my car, because I don't trust the movers with that kind of stuff, because it'll break. That's fragile, yeah. Yeah, so that's coming with me. Um, and I did get a 3D printed game door, because there's a guy in a in a group that is printing the game doors and the um, and the instrument panel I, doors. I need, I need those doors. My TV's missing them, too. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it costs like 60 bucks or something, because it's a big piece that he has to print, but... Like I literally am looking at it right now, and my my game door is covered, and it's amazing looking. And I have the sharp um, other door though, the instrument panel door. That one I have. Nice. So yeah, he definitely has them, and I'll I'll shoot you a message. And if anybody listening is interested, I can post a link in the comments for sure. Like if people are interested in it. But most of y'all are Switch collectors, so let's uh let's talk some Switch news because I know with housekeeping that Barry saw some uh some people commenting about it previous episode right yeah um it was kind of cool uh i was just looking through uh, some of my switch uh facebook groups and uh a discussion was going on with the japanese switch release for battle princess madeline asking you know what is it is it in english and what is it how is it different than the limited run release and uh it was interesting one person who I've never seen before, you know, commented on it and said, hey, you know, if you want to know the information about it, the latest episode of the Switch Mania Playcast uh, has some great information on it and linked it. And it was just really nice to see because it was like, hey, that that was my first episode. And hey, I was talking about that. Uh, so I did thank them. And, uh, you know, I did reiterate as well uh, the, the situation with that. But it was just really nice to, you know, see some recognition from a, a total stranger and you know hopefully they're not a total stranger for long and you know but it, it's just really cool i like seeing exactly. that and i mean we definitely appreciate anybody who uh shares the podcast um we don't really like jp was really good about posting like the poll and everything and maybe we need to engage him and be like hey jp please post the poll still like we'll read it on air because it's um we both work and have families and it's it's tough to keep track of that that's where jp's madness comes in because he somehow is able to but also why he can't (laughs) record anymore so like he's a bit of a madman so i mean unless we if we can get jp to continue that'd be awesome if not like thanks for you know posting and if you tag us and stuff we'll see it and we'll we'll read it online um so tag us and post it in all the groups and everything and you know, we'll, we'll definitely mention it like we're mentioning it now. Um, but yeah, it's super cool. And then there's a, a, something that popped up uh, recently that I think is, is super awesome that we'll have to definitely talk about. Uh, You're just doing this because you know I'm upset about it. Hell, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> but I want to get to a hat in time first before we, we jump over. Yeah. Um, as always, though, with the housekeeping, um, Switch Collector is for sale at switchopedia.com as well as hagensalley.com you can see the bookstore there Um, it's available for pre-order I'll talk about my updates with the book here um, after we talk about news and stuff at the end at the end because I want to get to the episode uh, the game of the episode Um, and and also uh, we also appreciate any kind of five star ratings on Apple Podcasts we're at, um, at 165 ratings which is freaking amazing um, some of the podcasts that are, that come up before us in this in the um the algorithm have like two or ten, so most podcasts don't get ratings, and ratings do help with searchabilities for other people to find us, so you can listen to us, you know, talk about the newest and latest and greatest of the Switch stuff, which is great. Um, so definitely leave 
you know, any kind of ratings, reviews. Um, I know Google Podcast has a thing. I don't know how to check their stuff, but I do know that that's probably bigger than Apple Podcasts nowadays. Um, and it pops up too when when we do new episodes because I have the apps up, but I don't really know how to check all of that stuff because podcasting is the wild wild west, Barry. Like, no, it is. <laughs> it really is. There's no like YouTube subscriber count. Like, it's literally if people communicate with us, like we know that you're out there, and that's awesome. And and one of the examples that I used to use on VGBS when we would do the weekly was is like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Chris Jericho podcast, and they don't get comments. <laughs> like like those are <laughs> professional wrestlers that professional are known worldwide yeah. word worldwide and they're not so like if we get like anything that's amazing and i think the switch community is so awesome anyways that we we go above and beyond for sure honestly it's it's been some of the most fun for me personally collecting and just the excitement that I've seen from other people. And it's now almost like a little bit of dread too, with how much keeps coming out. <laughs> That's cause you're doing the OCD style, man. It's uh, got to jump back to my level, but then I still have dread. Cause I'm like, man, freaking limited run games has blasphemous, which looks awesome. I was yes. like, got to pre-order that one. And I didn't yet. So I did today. And then there was one more. I think it was Red Art. I hadn't Red Art Games. I hadn't gotten Hover, and Hover is like yes, Hover looks a good. spiritual successor to Jet Set Jet Grind Radio, and it just looks cool. And so, like, but the games that I am okay with saying no to is something like um, Super Rare, where it has it has Steam World Quest, and it's kind of a card based RPG game and that's not my personal genre that i'm going to play so i'll wait see i wasn't big into that style of genre until i played a game called bait and kados on the gamecube yeah from monolith and that was such an amazing game <laughs> so i have that and i never played it i have it for the gamecube it's it's monolith soft it's I might have the, the makers second? of xenoblade yeah i might have the second game because i origins origins yeah I, I have one of them and I never saw the other one when I was out looking for games, like collecting post GameCube. Origins is a good game as well. It plays slightly different, mm-hmm. but it's. I feel that if you play the first one, even though Origins is a prequel, you will get more out of Origins from knowing what happens because you see characters like younger, and you see how certain people rise to power that are already in power in the yeah. in the original. But great games, great games. Well, and then like. I see it and I'm like, is that the same as Steam World Dig? Is it the same creators and everything? The Steam No, World no, 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 no. It's not. So that's where I, I kind of was like, well, it's not in that same world. Because if I, if it was, then I'd be like, well, that's another draw. Well, uh, Steam World, I think Steam World Quest is from the Steam World Dig team. If oh, I'm not it mistaken. is. It I might be. I, I, it has got to be the same universe. It's too similar of a name. Well, it could be a play on too. So that's the, that's the only thing is is that like so if it's in that universe, it might be worth it because those games are well made. Which means if there is a card based RPG to draw me in, that might be the one to do it because the other games that that those developers make are awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, SteamWorld Dig is amazing. Yeah, so and like that would be a draw, and that might be something we need to look up live right now as we're talking. I'm, I'm that's exactly I, I, what I'm I, hear, I can we we can hear the <laughs> clicking, Barry. It's it's okay. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> we don't. It I is don't, abso- absolutely. 
It is. It's, it's part of SteamWorld. SteamWorld Tower Defense, SteamWorld Dig, SteamWorld High, SteamWorld Dig 2, and SteamWorld Quest. All I have to say is, damn you, George. The, George Image and Super Rare is doing some awesome stuff. Yep, De- developer is Image and Form, same developer. Hell yeah. So, so I'm like, damn you, George, getting a good game. Um, now, the other side is... Is that what is the stock look like? Because they they have it. I'm looking live while I'm talking. Um, so there's still 20% left in stock. So it's it's almost gone. But the thing is, is that I move in a month. Oh, two months actually is when I really move. Um, it doesn't matter. If they have it. They'll send it right away. They'll send it right away. So I gotta I gotta figure out. Like, damn, that's I already cool. have it. They they already sent it super oh, fast. You already have it, so so yeah, I may have to to pick that one up just to try. That might have to be another um, a playcast episode in the near future then, because it might be something to dig into. And it won't be. And here's the thing, Barry: if we're playing an RPG, it's not expected that we beat it. It's expected we give it a week, see what we can dig at, and dig into it, right? Um, yeah, of course. So that's the thing. You might be able to get it through it. I probably won't. <laughs> um, but the I others, probably won't. Well, the other side is, is I'm still finishing up multiple games at the same time right now, and so like we're doing the playcast a little differently, where we're we got like three, four games that we're playing simultaneously, and then we just record the episode when we get to a a semblance of of completion. Um, even though we're about to jump into a hat in time, you're about to find out how much I was able to play. <laughs> So you ready ready to jump into a hat in time? Let's let's do it. Let's do it right now. Good segue. <laughs> All right, so the episode um this episode, the game of the episode is A Hat in Time, uh developed by Gears for Breakfast and published by Humble Bundle for the Nintendo Switch. Um it is a really excellent cutesy 3D platformer um in the vein of Mario 64. Uh, Banjo Kazooie, Spire of the Dragon, Psychonauts. Um, it's like it has inspiration from all those games. It was developed using the Unreal Engine three and funded through a Kickstarter campaign, which doubled its funding goal in the first two days. Really, really awesome. Um, I remember this was first pushed out to Windows, and um, I was able to play a little bit of it in back in 2017 when it was self published. Um, really, really cool. Uh, and then later on, they bundled the DLC for it for the Nintendo Switch. So the Nintendo Switch isn't quote-unquote the complete edition because there's still another DLC that's going to be released came out. or it just came out. And I think like when I booted it up today, I saw a notification for it. So. Cool. So um, what we'll do is we'll go through a little bit of that right now so we can let every listeners know about that. So... The downloadable content, the DLC that's on the cartridge is the seal. Or not on the cartridge. Not on the cartridge. Belay that. You have to download the <laughs> DLC. Um, but it's the seal, the deal, um, which was released in 2018. Available at no charge. Uh, you do you, you get it, the code in the box. but Yes. Um, so it was available initially for no charge for the first 24 hours. <laughs> like when they, when they did the release for the PC. Um, it adds an Arctic Cruise chapter um, and a new challenge called Death Wish, which is six additional time rift stages, um, new com- cosmetics, and photo mode filters that add onto the game, um, which we're going to go over, and local split, s- split screen co op um, where you can play it with a new character called Bow Kid. Um, did you play any co op, by the way? 
okay, mean, I did not as well. My daughter, like, I couldn't get her on the Switch with me um, because we were in the middle of traveling. The second DLC is Nyakuza Metro, um, an online party. So basically, then it's supposed to be like a Japanese inspired underground city. Um, and you, you become a member of a cat themed street gang. <laughs> There's a baseball bat option, so you can use a baseball bat as a weapon, which you have an umbrella as your main weapon. And you get new badges, cosmetic stickers. Um, and there's a new online multiplayer mode where you can have up to 50 players playing in a single world at once, which I think would be ridiculous. So if that's something that we're able to do on the Nintendo Switch, which we're going to have to check, that might be a follow-up like little segment we'll have to do on a future episode because we need to do that. Like, yeah, that would be ridiculous, man. Reminds me of Mag on the PS3. <laughs> well, exactly. Like, it's crazy. So, um, Ahead in Time is a platform action-adventure game in an open-world environment from the third-person perspective, since we already went to the DLC. Um, the gameplay is, as we mentioned, is based off of, like, Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie. You got some collectibles, open-world aspects. Um, and you go through a hub world of your... Um, spaceship that you can go between the open levels um, and it can be all freely explored within time limits um, you collect various items solve puzzles you have an umbrella to combat enemies and your objective is to collect these time pieces which are like your stars or your jiggies um, it's time pieces and there's 60 found in the game um, which unlock additional levels as you are collected um, there are lots of characters all over the place that are, have lots of unique, like, um, they have, like, a cool, like, aspect to them. The characters have a lot of personality. Um, after being defeated, enemies drop these pawns, which are currency that can be unlocked, uh, that can be used to unlock additional challenges and purchase badges, which the creepy-ass badge dude is. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Um, and the badges increase Hat Kid's ability. You get a certain amount of badges that you can use, which you get pins that will allow you, like a bobby pin, that can allow you to do an extra badge on top of it. Some of them are kind of like essential badges, which makes it pretty tough to like experiment with badges, which I didn't experiment enough. Um, like there's spat. Like for example, some of the some of the different badges will like let you float a little bit as you hit the ground uh so you don't take ground damage or don't bounce off of walls and then there's other ones that are like you can shoot like a kamehameha fireball or a hadouken from your umbrella (laughs) like like there's really cool stuff and it's like i wanted to experiment more um throughout levels you collect yarn balls which are stitched together to wear new hats the hats give you different abilities, and you can, like, cycle through them with the D-pad. So, like, for example, one allows you to sprint around. Another one allows you to brew explo- or explosive potions that can blow up walls. Um, other ones, like, go into a weird-ass ghost world where you can jump onto platforms. <laughs> like, so they all have unique-looking look- abilities. Um, the main hat, for, from what I could tell, like, you would press the button, and it would, like, focus on your next objective, right? That was, like, the only thing from the main hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's other collectibles, like relics, which unlock time rift bonuses. And there's a lot more stuff. As you revisit areas, you can unlock more things. Um, but let's uh, let's dig into how much were you able to play, Barry? 
Uh, I did most of the first world and the third world, and I got like halfway through the second world. But it was like, oh yeah, you you can't continue. You you're missing an item, so I had to go to the third world. Oh. And uh, I haven't been to the fourth world yet. But okay. So but, uh, um, let's talk about the worlds real quick, since I have the ahead in time wiki up. Um, the first world, first chapter is called Mafia Town. So you're running around like a, it's almost like the Mario 64 first world. It's like really cool, like town area. And you have all these mafia dudes that you have to like constantly fight and birds. Um, the second chapter is called Battle of the Birds, but it's like in a movie studio. And it's really interesting. There's like penguins fighting other owl looking birds and. There's, like, one that's called, like, the Murder on the Owl Express, which you're doing, like, a murder mystery almost and collecting, like, evidence in a certain amount of time. It was, like, crazy. Like, it was really cool. And there's, like, a train one. And so, and then um, Chapter 3 is called the Subcon Forest. And basically, you're, like, you get into a soul contract and you have to, like, do a bunch of stuff that this evil, evil ghost is telling you to do. Um, the fourth world, and I was able to get to the fourth world, by the way, um, it's called Alpine Skyline, but it's like, there's tons, you're like in the air and there's tons of like pits and awesome. And then there's like these skylines that like with flags that shoot between the islands and you can like go with your umbrella and like zoom across. Make it clear, I can go to the fourth world. I have enough. I just like to just do that. as much as I can before moving on. Sure. Um, the fifth chapter is called Time's End. Um, I haven't went to it. I haven't unlocked it yet, I don't think. Um, there's a bunch of Dream World time rifts, um, which to me feel like the bonus levels in Super Mario Sunshine. Where they're- 100% agree. Yeah. So those are really fun um, and challenging. Um, there's storybook time rifts, which I didn't see. I didn't see any of those. I don't think I did, but maybe I did because the one's called a Mafia of Cooks, and I I may have seen. Oh yeah, okay. So the sport, I did see one. So the storybook time rifts, like you're in these little levels, and you have like an objective to get an item or something, and then you jump into the time rift, and it goes to another section that's almost like a little mini world, and you got to explore around. And those were those are really unique and different than the Dream World time rifts, which are like platforming. Um. There's a sixth chapter called the Arctic Cruise. Uh, it looks like a ice level, which looks kind of cool. And then you got Death Wish mode, which looks like a lot more levels. And Rift Collapses, which are different. And then your Nakakuza Metro, which is another awesome aspect. So this game is huge. Like, just talking about it. Um, the first chapter has, it looks like, seven different ways to go through mafia town there's six different ways to go through the movie section there's six different ways to go through subcom force and when i say different ways like one of the ones with mafia town it's called heating up mafia town and everything is cut like you take the whole town and it's like covered in lava and then the objective is to go around and jump on these giant um faucets faucets yeah faucets and it like cools things down and like ones like the golden vault you had to collect these vault things to open it up and there's also in that level at least there's like vault tickets and so you collect the different color tickets and it'll unlock a vault which may have like a badge in it or a relic and then the relics are weird because you collect relics and they unlock things in your spaceship right like it's uh, they unlock the time rifts 
when you when you have to match up two relics oh, together. That's what it does. Okay. See, that shows you how big this game is, though. It's like I was doing things and collecting things because I want to collect things. And I didn't realize what they're doing. I'm just doing them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was just doing that stuff just to do them, which was super fun. Um, but, like, in reality, this, this game is really fun, has a lot of personality. Um, now, where the unique experience comes in, though, Barry, is so I mentioned I got to... I started playing chapter four, right? Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't completed all of chapter two or three yet. Um, but I was playing chapter four while I was on a plane flying. Okay. Now imagine doing platforming with all of these all of these things in handheld mode while you're in the air bouncing around. I would be sick. Yeah, so I did beat the entire birdhouse. I got and I got the windmill one done, but it was like jumping up and down. It was almost frustrating, um, and I don't think it was the game at all. I was like, because I I made some notes while I was doing it, and I I had to stop playing for a while because <laughs> of that. Um, I was getting stuck though, and the, so the level layouts in that because of the way I was playing it, I was getting stuck and it was a little bit confusing. I was getting stuck jumping specific sections because they're like, there's this one spot where you have to like jump and wall kick off a wall and then do like a, a hop glide to get up a section. And you had to do it in chapter four. And I couldn't do it for the life. I mean, I think it was just cause I was playing on an airplane, like in handheld mode, like where I was doing it. It was I could really, do that. It was really weird because I didn't have any issues playing it like at home. Yeah, I've only I've only played it docked with the pro controller. Yeah, um, I hadn't played it docked since the initial play. So, no. um, but yeah, it was definitely not fun to play on a plane. I would not recommend <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> and here's the thing, though, is that I love the game. It's amazing. It's not difficult. Um, at all. There's really no, like, Dark Souls-style difficulty where you have to, where you get penalized for losing. Like, like, you don't. It's It's very forgiving. It's fun, and I think it'd be really great for my daughter, London, to play, like, my little seven-year-old to play through, and I think she's gonna get an enjoyment from it once she starts to figure it out, but she needs to sit there and just start messing around in, like, Mafia Town, where it's forgiving, and just get used to 3d platforming because like i don't know it how how good you are at 3d platformers barry but like i thought it was amazing just jumping gliding through the air like you're a, a jet and then like landing picture perfect on like a, a rope or something and it was just very satisfying see now it's funny you say that because I do love 3D platformers, and I will say that this one in particular, to me, uh, kind of controlled one of uh, you know among the worst. And really, yeah, I felt I felt there was, it was very. There were a lot of things that were unresponsive. Uh, for example, one of the moves you could do is you could push Y in the air mm-hmm. to like homing attack, like Sonic on an enemy, and there were times where I was right next to an enemy trying to do it and pushing Y and nothing was responding. You know why? Uh, like, you know why? You have to be like a certain distance and it has to pop up with the Y. Well, and- yeah. So like basically <laughs> we want to press Y immediately. Jump in the air, press Y. You have to wait till you hit the peak of your jump and are starting to fall down before it initiates. And I was getting frustrated 
as all get out trying to figure it out. And like right when I started playing, I'm like, why isn't it working? And I had to get used to the way that it worked. And it's definitely not um not just it's not something. fluid. Yeah, it's it's just not something you're gonna be able to do immediately, which actually is a, definitely a knock on the pick up and play aspect for sure. Yeah. There yeah. there are other things too. Um and, it and definitely felt more be, floaty. That could be why I was getting frustrated on the plane. Like maybe if the be. controls were a little more solid, it would have been fine. And so you said it was floaty? I felt it was floaty. I felt like there were times where I would like grab onto a ledge when I didn't want to or start running up a wall when I didn't want to. Yeah. Um, you know, there were <laughs> there were just some aspects that it didn't feel as tight as it should be and I think that's because I'm spoiled by, you know, a lot of what Nintendo does. Like if you play Odyssey and, and then immediately play this, you'd be like, "Wow, this this controls totally different." Like Odyssey is tight. And if you do a move, you do the move. And in this, it it definitely isn't as responsive. Also, like if you do the dive, um, which is cool because dive you extend the jump and all that. But if you dive and land, you stay there. And like oh, so yeah, many times, until you I press the button. Yeah. I'm like, why am I not? But like, really, I have to push a button at this point. Like, I feel like that's a little unnecessary. Yeah. Like, like you should have been able to press like the analog stick and just recovered. Like yeah. you and Mario. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, all right things like that and that, that's not saying it's bad it's just saying like I, it could be refined but you're not now, wrong I, you're not wrong <laughs> at all because i felt the same stuff i was kind of a little more forgiving just because of until i got to chapter four i was a little more forgive, forgiving because there's really no time crunch or anything but like chapter four with the lack of direction is kind of what got me because like it's like oh you got to get over to the windmill but you have to trigger all of these different um, horns and blowing these horns in order to create the flag poles that you're you're zooming across, but like it doesn't really it doesn't really give you a good indicator on where you need to go. Which again, that's me being like new school nuances that I'm spoiled with versus <laughs> like figured the crap out because you're an old school gamer. So I see both perspectives for sure. And, oh, yeah. and the thing was, is that it might have been because I was on a, on a plane. It might be because it needed to be able to have a little more refinement to make it perfect. I, th- I think it's, for me, it's a refinement. And it also doesn't help that I literally just came off of, we did ukulele and the impossible layer. And I yeah. also did uh, new super lucky tale, which both in my opinion, control far better mm. uh, than hat in time. I'm going to wait for lucky and- tale until I finish hat in time then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, it's definitely one of those things where that's how I felt. Um, there were some other weird things. Um, you mentioned the Kamehameha thing. So I was using that badge cause I, I think that's really cool. And I'm in the chapter three there's a quest for going in the well and you have to ring these bells where you can hop up and so i'm like okay so i hit the bell and nothing happens i'm hitting the bell i'm hitting the bell hitting the bell and i'm i'm going crazy i'm like what direction do i have to hit this bell so after five minutes of just standing next to it pushing y pushing y i'm like i've got to do something wrong so i look it up i'm like i shouldn't have to look this up and i look it up and here's a video and the guy playing hits the bell and as it goes up i'm like why is it working for him so i say you know what i'm going to test something and i took off that badge and i hit the bell and I'm like, oh my what? god! What that be- that move shouldn't detract from hitting that bell. Like that they should not correlate because you still swing the the umbrella. 
I'm like that. That shouldn't be. Wow. That, that was, and that really frustrated me because I'm like, what? I, so now I'm not using that badge because I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a forbidden from using that badge to do something, and I, I that hinders uh, experimentation. Yeah. When, so, and so again, you, it you be, mentioned the well, right? How were you getting into the well? Because that was a frustrating point for me. I just hit the bell and climbed up and jumped in the top. Weird. So yeah, because because my thing was is that. Playing it again on the airplane. Um, that's one I played on the airplane, unfortunately. Um, I hit the bell, and then like I would be disoriented a little bit. And by the time I got over to the little platforms that materialized, they would be disappearing on me. And like, so you had to do like four or five to get into the well. And so, <clears throat> was it better in um, docked mode? I, I guess I didn't do handheld, but I did it. I, I did it one shot once I hit the bell. Wow! My problem was actually just hitting the bell. You said one shot. It took me like ten, man. Like it was, it was frustrating. I think maybe I, I need to. I'm gonna probably play that sucker in um in docked mode here this this weekend and see if there's a marginal change in my experience. <laughs> if you do. I want to hear if you, I want. I want you to put on the Kamehameha badge, and I want to see if you can hit the bell with it. Now Absolutely. I was able to hit other bells. That was what made it frustrating. Just is I the went. Well bell. I I went exploring first because whenever I play a three platform, if it, or any game, it's like go to A. Okay, I'm going the opposite way first. Yeah. I'm gonna do everything I can before I go to A. So I went around, and there are other bells, uh, you know, in the in the forest that you could hit and just climb and get other stuff. So I was doing that, and it was no problem. So I knew what to do. And that's why when I got to that bell, I'm like, why is it not working? Hmm. That and that really bizarre. So and interestingly, an, do you know a little history on Mario Brothers Three and that the world is called Subcon? Yes, and I Subcon's do. Subcon's a dream world. So this is called that was Mario Subcon. Two. Yeah, Mario, Mario Two. Yeah, Mario Two. Um, my three. bad. My bad. That's a Freudian slip. Um, but yeah, so Mario Two, the world of Mario Two, Subcon, the dream world where Mario wakes up at the end of the game. Um, so this is the dream forest, maybe the Subcon forest, right? And yes. the interesting thing is another history piece is that I was in a video game band a long time ago, like in two thousand one, called Subcon. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we're... yeah. I did recognize that name. I was like, oh, that's totally a throwback. Super cool. <laughs> there was another instance I had a little bit of an issue with yeah. what you mentioned also was the um, the murder mystery on the train. And I got to the end and I couldn't find the last key. And I'm like, where's this last key? And I tried to backtrack and it won't let you backtrack. There's literally a guard preventing you. The yeah. game will not let you go back. And I'm like, how? Did I, did I forget? Like, did I not bring a key in here? So I used that first hat. You know, I was like, oh, point me in the right direction. So it pointed me towards this door and i'm like okay well i've been in that door but i'm I'm gonna go in it again so i go in it again i hit the hat and it points me to the door all the way in the the, the top of the level which leads to a switch to elevate to make this little elevator go up mm-hmm. so i'm like okay I've, I've done that so i go up there and i the switch is already pressed and i hit the hat again it sends me back in the same door i just went to and it kept doing in a circle and i was getting frustrated and i was like i must have missed something so i actually restarted the game and redid that whole mission seeing if i missed anything and i didn't and it turns out i what i did miss was there's another door in that room to the sauna and i just didn't see it um and the hat didn't point me in that direction it just kept pointing me towards the switch so in a a sense that mechanic is also kind of broken because that's supposed to be your here's your little helpful thing if you get lost and it the hint only made it more confusing and frustrated me more so those are my real my two big hiccups that i i did have with the game 
So one thing that I noticed, interestingly enough, is that, you know, so you do, like, the the different chapters, and it, like, brings you back to your ship after you get your yep. your hourglass piece. Well, chapter four didn't do that. Like, I got the birdhouse one, and then it continued. And then I got the windmill one, and it continued. And I'm like, and then I just stopped because the plane was landing or whatever. But, like, I was, it was really interesting that, like, it didn't shoot you back to the to the main one unless there was like i missed the main hourglass piece maybe and i kept getting side ones maybe Maybe. i don't know but it was weird (laughs) it like changed how things were yeah it's very uh mario 64 in that sense which which is kind of cool um i do prefer like you know odyssey's approach where you can kind of just keep playing in the world after Mm -hmm. you get something but i will say this also about the game and 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 other platformers have done this and other 3d games have done this as it kind of made me a little uh triggered my vertigo made me a little motion sick um but this game did it more than others in fact i'm i'm honestly right now as we're recording still reeling a little bit from it because i was doing a play session beforehand i don't know why but this one in particular maybe it was the frustration the frustration doesn't help um which the frustration is due to like controls which is unfortunate it's controls and like that the bell thing, you know, like things like that. Are just like they're, they they compounded upon it, yeah. but uh, but no the the overall I think the game is very well crafted. I think the characters, uh, I really love the boss of the third world. I think he is is a hoot with the contracts, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't know if you did it or not, but did you refuse to sign the contract? No, I didn't. I just signed oh, it. So, See, I refused. I'm like, no. He was like, no, seriously, you, you got to sign the contract. I'm like, no. He's like, come on. You have to. I'm like, no, I refuse. He's like, really? Come on. Last chance, please. I'm like, no. He's like, all right. Don't say I didn't warn you when he kills you. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of cool. That's hilarious. You have to do it. Otherwise, you die. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, which, so- which honestly makes it funnier when you beat that chapter if you've seen that scene first just because it's the polar. Yeah. Did, you beat, did you beat him yet? No, I haven't finished the whole chapter. Okay, yet. so when you beat it, uh, you you got a scene where with him obviously, and uh, if you think about the fact that he literally can snap his fingers and kill you, it makes it even funnier. Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, I mean, so the humor, the humor in the game is is super interesting. Um, I just lost Barry somehow on here, so I got to figure out what happened. Don't know. Get him back. Um, but yeah, it's. Super interesting. I just lost you there, Barry. Yeah, um, that was weird. Yeah, it just it just hung up for some reason. But that is the part of it, and we're not gonna edit it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so that's the interesting part, though, is that like the humor in the game, the story is great. Um, so that's where I like it's it's good but flawed. So the question is, if we're giving it a grade, is it a, like a B minus or is it like a <coughs> solid C? Ah. Uh... You know, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that harsh on it, honestly. I yeah. think I think that the game is worth a playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, it's Cause, it cause, could be worth so, a completion. So, so my thing is is that we could rate it with grades, but like to me, like a B minus is you need to own it and play it. A C would be like only get it if you're a fan of the genre. Honest oh, if, if that's how, if that's your rating, um oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then I would go with the C. a C. If 
let's see. I think they're better. So, so we could do like the, the completionist version where it's like play it, beat, finish it, <coughs> complete it. Like like play it, finish it, complete it. And you know that's where like, is it worth a play or is it worth not even picking up? Um, For me, I think it's worth a play. However, and this is a big however, if you have your options and you haven't played all the 3D platformers on the Switch. Like, would I pick this over Mario Odyssey? No. Would I pick this over Ukulele? Probably not. Would I pick this over New Super Lucky Tail? Probably not as well. Um, and that's, again, not to say it's bad because it's not. It's flawed and it does have its charm and it does have its merits. And, and I think one of the things that goes against this game for me has been the hype. I, I, you know, people have been hyping it up. Um, you know, people have been like, you got to play this, you got to play this, you got to play this. Oh my God, you got to play this. And sometimes so, so hype, your expectations were up there. They were up there. Ah. And I think, I think what really got me was the start of the second world, the chapter, because it's so drastically different than the first. Yeah, it is. And I was like, whoa, what? What is going on here? This this is this is no longer like Mario sixty four. And then once I realized what they were doing, I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Uh, I like what they're doing, but it it drastically does take you out. And the fact that you have like I don't mind backtracking in games, but it, I think it's weird where you actually have to um, leave you know, for a good chunk of time. Now again, Mario sixty four did it where like oh, you need the the wing cap, so you have to come back. Yeah. Um, but that was a massive game. Now you know, 15 worlds with you know 120 stars. This is nowhere near that size, um, and it and, just felt. And I will, of- I will say that once you play Chapter Four, the Alpine Skyline, it is a little open, empty, and bland compared to the other chapters before it. Like it's like, man, it's like they just put in a little bonus level with some minimal assets, and it's fun to zoom around. But it seems like it's it's lacking a little bit. And there's birds in it again, just same recycle from chapter one. So I think it was just like a little bonus. So my favorite area, honestly, was the um, were the time rift challenges, the ones like Mario uh, Sunshine that awesome. awesome. the flood. I, I love those, and and I you know it's kind of interesting that you have to hunt them down. I do wish there was some kind of more of a hint besides that one picture. I don't even know if you can even see that picture when you're in a chapter. I think uh, as far as I was aware, you can only see it when you're on the, the stage select screen. Um, which I thought I could see it. Maybe in you can. The chapter. I didn't check. I, I was I know Maybe that I was I was hunting around for them at, in chapter one. I didn't look for them in the in the next chapters yet. So and that's the thing too is that the opening up in the hunt. I can't see myself wanting to look around in chapter two, the movie one, or the the skyline one, and just like look around like endlessly. Whereas the forest is pretty fun, and the first chapter with Mafia Town is is just fun yeah. just to run around. It's it, those two were the best. Yeah, so it's like it's almost like an inconsistency with level design. Um, hopefully, the chapter six, the Arctic one, and then this new town add to the aesthetic. But how much is it to download the new DLC, or is it free? I don't know, but honestly, I don't plan to get it. I, this is this is a game I went into like, all right, I'm going to get everything like I do in the Mario 64, Mario Odyssey, Mario Sunshine kind of deal, and yeah. you know, and and after playing it, it's one of those where if I don't play it again, um, I'm not going to shed a tear. Yeah, it's good. I played enough. I got the motion of it. I got the 
the feel for it um and maybe maybe it's also because there's so many other games out that it's like do i want to really be doing this or do I, whatever other be playing another game and so and, that's uh, to me that's a solid c game it's like if yeah. i get bored i'm gonna go back and play some more levels because it's pretty fun marginally fun um but it's not a priority right now about uh, when there's that many other experiences out there that we need to hit and yeah i actually played pokemon in between i'm still in the middle of pokemon but so, it's like so I, w- I would say the the price point though it's now like 33 dollars free shipping on amazon prime like that's a good price point for for a game yes. so so for the budget for a, like it's not a budget title because it came out at 40 dollars, but like i would say that's a really good price point for it um i mean because it's 30 dollars digitally it's 33 physically um yeah, yeah. The price is fine. Oh it's, yeah, so I'd say ass- that's definitely worth it for those that are looking to game on a budget. It's well worth like a playthrough. However, comma if you're playing everything, if you're collecting everything, this one is mid mid range. It's not bad, but it's like your middle of the road platformer, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think. Yeah. To me, it's all about fun factor. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I know people who, who have played this game and they, they have 100 percent of it and they, they had a blast. And, and if that's you, then that's fantastic. And I'll never take that away from anybody. I think if, if a game is fun to you, um, play it despite what anyone else says. Um, because at the end of the day, it's a video game. It should be about fun. Um, I Well, I had fun at points. And I definitely laughed at points with the the humor is spot on and the characters are great. Um, I was also frustrated at more points. And (laughs) it almost felt like I was doing it for the sake of doing it as opposed to I wanted to do it. And uh, and I I think that to me detracts it. Kind of like how some people have said like, oh, New Super Lucky Tale was too easy or, you know, and it wasn't that great to them. I had fun playing it. And to me, that rates it higher simply on that factor. Um, same like we were talking last week about ukulele, um, you know, it's an excellent game. Um, and it just, uh, you know, after playing certain things, it's like, it's not as fun anymore. So it's all about perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like eating, eating a a cheeseburger. Oh, this is good. But, but if you're going to have a steak, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. They're, they're two different flavors, but I kind of rather normal beef. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I kind of rather have that steak. And I, I think yeah. that's where this fits in for me. It's it's definitely a worthy playthrough. Um, I'm happy to have it in the collection. I'm happy to have the experience. Um, I'm happy to say, put that notch in my belt. Yeah, I've actually played it. Um, whether I go back and finish it, um, that all depends on life <laughs> and other well, games. Exactly. <laughs> like I'll, I'll sit there and, and knock out more levels if I have time for sure. Um, however, we have the next game to knock out it never ends <laughs> it never will and that might be a thing too with the stress of the the play cast and having to to get it out you don't have time to finish it. it's like well and but it also gives you a different perspective so yep um so here's my thing is is that i don't have anything crazy going on over the next week i want to try to do luigi's mansion 3 for next episode since you've already beaten it so it gives you some time to catch up on some stuff play some pokemon um i didn't buy pokemon by the way so oh yeah it's i'm avoiding that because it'll be available later and it's gonna suck me in 
<laughs> like I need to avoid it. it was, yeah, I'll be honest with you. It sucked me in faster than I thought. And, yeah. uh, and I, you know, I skipped a couple of generations and, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll mess around with it. And before I knew it, I have all eight gym badges and I'm like, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's freaking dangerous, man. And, um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm going to avoid Pokemon for a while. Um, plus like I don't, with the playcast, we don't always jump on the the newest game immediately. Like every single YouTuber and everything, they're all covering it, trying to hit whatever. Like we're playing games as we want to play games, um, and we want to get through some of them as we can get through them as well. So I would say putting a little pressure on me with a Luigi's Mansion three to see how far I can get in the next week, because um, I did play through the next floor, which was the movie floor. That was really fun. It's oh, a good one. It was so fun. And I might just do it like that. If if that's all right, I'll just keep doing chapter <coughs> by chapter and doing an update. And like the movie floor was just so cool and so well done and going in between TVs and that puzzle. Well, the the floors the floors are, are a little inconsistent in the sense of there are some that are more involved and may take like an hour and then there are some that you could probably beat in 20 minutes yeah so like i i mean i got the next one to do now um the other thing is is do you have any games that you would like to play for next week because we can swap it instead of luigi's mansion and make that later because i have no problem making it later honestly i'm fine with luigi's mansion and the reason is not only am i doing pokemon but next week is also thanksgiving so you know family is over and i have a lot less time to play so that works for me greatly yeah and we'll we'll figure out a good recording next week because obviously we can't record on thanksgiving day or around that (laughs) with the the build-up and my uh, wife and daughter are going out and about so they'll be not home so i'll be have time to play some games too I get caught up on some stuff. Um, Lucky. My Ring Fit adventure. Um, did I mention my daughter was playing it last week? Yes. Okay, so we haven't played it since. Um, I played one day, but we haven't played it since. So it's um, it's hit or miss because I was out of town, right? So um, we haven't played Ring Fit. I'm going to plan on playing it more daily here um, starting today. Playing it more daily uh, so that way I can get a better better idea of if it's a really good workout or not but as i move it's going to be off the off the uh off the docket as well unfortunately um let's see though so i got new games in this week by the way since i didn't buy pokemans um i did get freedom wars for the vita they had it for five bucks at um at a GameStop, so i got that um but yeah no switch games for me uh, except for the pre-orders that I did of the two limited games I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Um, I have anxiety right now looking over at my collection knowing i got to pack <laughs> it all up. It's like, ugh. And, and that's the thing, though, Barry, is that I don't buy retail if it's not a must-play immediately, like Luigi's Mansion 3, Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, newest Zelda's Mario's and stuff. Um, Pokemon, I'm waiting till my daughter makes me buy it because she's going to want to play it. Um, but it's, I think it's a little too involved for her being seven right now. Um, how she tried the let's go, let's go Pikachu. She she liked playing it with me. So like I, we would play it on the, on docked mode and she was playing it and I she would throw the pokeballs and loved it. Um, but she wasn't running around doing any of the talking and I would read some of it to her that wasn't voiced. So that's my thing is that, you know, this is a traditional Pokemon. Um, the story is where a lot of the enjoyment's going to come from along with the, 
the different aspects, but I don't think she's going to get the nuances of the RPG side. Well, yeah, but she, you know, just running around the wild area is a lot of fun, okay. and you can get lost in that. And I, what I think you should do is you should definitely get one of them. Whether you, if you don't want to get the double pack, that's even better. But if you just get one of them and you give it a try and you let her see it and let her mess around with it a little bit and play, because you could save any time. So you could just hit the save button, let her play. If she kills everybody, it's like, oh, no big deal. Just restart. Um, and just see how she likes it. Is there local co-op? Is there multi-switch co-op? Because um, that's the kind of stuff is... that Nintendo doesn't really promote well. There is only in the sense, from my experience, with the raid battles. Okay. Um, where you know you could do with with three NPCs, or you could do with other humans, mm. uh, and obviously the trading, the and trading in battles and stuff. Well, because is... like my thought is, is if she gets into it, it's worth getting sword and shield, and then we play and can trade with it. You, you can trade. You can't play together in that sense, other than raid battles. So yeah, it's not like you could go and say, play "I'm gonna together. help you." see that's an interesting thing and i still haven't figured out the switch light conundrum so like basically being able to play two switches together easily um we did i did create her a kids account now on her switch light okay um i the workaround of putting things on airplane mode so she doesn't get booted out of minecraft or whatever she's playing works well but i did buy her the physical minecraft last week so she's been playing that um, then there's no problem there. so she has no issues because if we leave somewhere that do- that has doesn't have internet she couldn't play it either um but minecraft had an update and she you can do the um character creator now in minecraft on the switch and that doesn't work unless she's connected to the internet as well, even though she has the physical card. So because it it's downloading the assets in real time to do the different nuances. So like she's really loving the character creation thing. She likes little the little um, outfits and changing everything all around. And so she can still play the game, but she can't do the creator. So she's like, oh, she's getting frustrated and playing something else. And she's been playing God Eater three though. So when I say she's wow, she, she may not get into Pokemon. She's playing God Eater three, and doing well. <laughs> then I'd give her a shot. I, I'm just saying, like you know. That being said, I just said that she may not be ready for Pokemon, but I think God Eater three might be more involved. I think it is, and I know she's not doing any of the relevant upgrades and collecting anything in the levels like I would do. You know, find all the pieces because you know it's like Monster Hunter where you have to craft and things. But she's going through it and playing. And I, I looked, and she's in another level, like, fighting. I was like, hmm. And, and she was playing that on her own. She We were playing it in docked mode, and she got really into it because it's anime characters, and she's really into anime right now um, and reading manga and stuff. So she also likes to um, play like she doesn't understand things sometimes. Um, for example, yesterday she had some homework to do because we were, we were out and about and she had math homework to do for school. And I was like, Hey, if you finish, we have ice cream. And and she started, Oh yeah. And she started doing some of the long range math. And then I looked over at her and she's like, she stopped and acted like she didn't know what she was doing again. And I'm like, she's literally doing two place addition. So like 23 plus 45. And she was acting like she didn't know it the day before. And then I look and I'm like, you just did those, those two pages correctly. She's like, oh, I don't, I, I don't know how to do it. And I'm like, hmm. She's in second grade. So, um, 
but I see the beginnings of Common Core math, by the way, and my oh old, no, my old butt does not understand it. No, but I, I, I told my wife, no, I'm not teaching her that. <laughs> She's gonna learn our way. But it's all like charts, and there's like you have to do the tens places and stuff. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I understand it when they put the pictures to it. So ah, I I don't like it though because it just seems like such a convoluted way to do it, and it makes no sense. But I'm old. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm with you, right there with you. All right. So, so Barry, what have you gotten in this week? Since I've gotten in Bubkiss, um, I got in a lot of games, but I'm not sure if I'm I'm not like planning on playing them. But that's yeah, so, just so because what's, I'm going. What's your for the highlights? Time. What's your highlights? Besides, uh, for, besides for Pokemon, and did you get the double pack? I assume I got the freaking double pack with the steel book, and then I also imported the European versions for each of those individual steel books. Yes. Which thankfully yes. I, I was able to. I got rid of those already, though. I was able yes. to sell them secondhand. <laughs> I, I like steel books. What can I say? Yeah, that's one I, thing I won't jump on that bandwagon because I know I'll want them all. Um, I, I, I like. I just like them. <laughs> it would be a cool display at the top of a collection or something. They're just cool. I, I just play them right next to the game that they're with. That's cool. So it's right next so, to each. So did you play Sword or Shield? Uh, I'm playing Shield. My wife is playing Sword. Gotcha, yeah. Uh, London wants um, Shield. She already said she wants one, but I'm waiting until she bugs me enough to, to buy. You know, it's, it's a full game purchase. Yes. So... So it's a big game. Yeah, I'm I'm making her like want to like go like take me to the store and go buy it and then we'll get it like she did with Ring Fit, like she wanted it. So, um, but yeah, so you got that. What other highlights from this week? Were there any major ones? I'm trying to think. There was a, there was a couple of like re-releases. Like mm-hmm. I think uh, the Porsche edition of Gear Club Two or. Gear Club Unlimited 2 okay. came out this week. Um, that actually looks interesting, uh, and but I'm Gear not sure Club if I want... games look well-polished. They look like really fun, arcade style racers. They look, they look that way. Um, the Celeste came out. <laughs> I haven't played them. Celeste, uh, the Best Buy version came out. Power Ranger, Best Buy version came out. Dust Diver came out. Garfield Kart Racing. Yay. Yeah. Uh, Grip was another re-release. Uh, huh. Unicorn Princess came out. Boy, that's oh, there's my game of the year right I there. I wonder if my daughter would like that though, because she's been in uh, and out of princesses recently. Because she's more towards anime now. Uh, Zumba came out too. Yay! See, um, see, and you wonder why I haven't bought any games. This week. It's like <laughs> it's like I had in time and New Super Lucky's Tale the, the last week. Those were two. Like I'm like yes, I want to play those. These I'm like. Eh. and if any of them end up being a sleeper hit i'll get them later and i'll be okay with that pokemon obviously is is a purchase but um yeah. again though like i was a little too i was a little older when yellow was getting big like red and blue back in the day on the original game boy so i was already yeah. getting a little older so i never really jumped on the bandwagon too much and so like i've never been like oh it's not on the i've never been on like it's a mario zelda pokemon metroid like it's just pokemon's another thing like animal crossing i grew up i mean when when the original games came out i was in high school yeah and i was started watching the anime and i loved it and i you know couldn't wait to get the games i got the games and played them and loved them and then when gold and silver came out i was like oh man all the improvements i can't wait and i got them and i played them and then ruby was actually the game where i finally got a gba sp because I had I had the original I had a little launch GBA but when Ruby came out I'm like now I'm gonna upgrade the SP and I never beat Ruby and Diamond and Pearl 
I got and I got about halfway through and I just lost interest. And black and white, I didn't even get. I completely skipped for a while. I mean, I have them now, but I, I went back. And it wasn't until Black 2, White 2 came out because at that point I was with my wife and she had never played Pokemon. So I said, well, this is the newest version. It's, it's just coming out. Let's play it. And we got very, very little into it before we both quit. Hmm. I wonder and if X I could get my wife into Pokemon. Like you probably could. Because, I mean, uh, I, I did get in the last week that the Christmas present for London, which was that limited edition one, Switch. Nice. So, like, that means we'll have a third Switch Lite that I'll either put for sale in the community or my wife gets it. <clears throat> yeah, that, that, give her give her a try. Because in X and Y, we both played, and we mm-hmm. both really enjoyed I actually finished X. I got uh, Y for free, y, I want to say. Whichever, whichever one I did. I think I did Y. Um, that was the first one I've beaten since gold. Cause did they and, give uh, that away to Nintendo club Nintendo? Or I think there was something about it. Like I got it for free from Nintendo for club membership or something, but you want to hear something blasphemous is I've never beaten a Pokemon game. Never beaten one. <clears throat> They're not terribly difficult. It's just, Mm-mm. you just got to keep chugging at it. And again, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a time it's, thing. It is, and I think Pokemon starts with a lot of luster. I'm going to get them all, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then by the end of it, you're more like, do I really want to finish this? Well, and like, Um, so inherently, I've always been OCD collect everything completionist. To a point, within the last five years, though, my completionist aspect has went toward creating books. And because of that, and it was also OCD, like my whole house, I can't have like a piece of a, a plate out. It needs to be cleaned and put away. I need and, you to come to my house right now. <laughs> and and my wife had, my wife and daughter have beaten me down into submission. I kind of go and jump into my books when I get frustrated. You know what I mean? Like so, it's I think it's like I pour all of that OCD ness into creating books now. And when I play games, I just play for fun and don't try to do everything so it might be a time for me to enjoy a pokemon um I think how, it will. however comma <laughs> dragon quest 11 is still there and i've been playing that and witcher 3 <sighs> is there and i've been playing that and these games are all massive hundred hour games um <laughs> I, I love dragon quest 11 i i need to get back on that and but the problem is is that there's luigi's mansion 3 that took took it over um Witcher 3 I played for a little bit, and that's going to be like a forever game. Like, I'll be playing that for the rest of my life, probably. <laughs> like, it's just, I'm never going to get around to focusing on it, which means it's never going to get done. Um, yeah. Because they have to. You Those type of games, Red Dead uh, Redemption 2 is another one on the PS4 that's just like, nope, got to dedicate my life to that. Um, don't have time. Yeah. It's, it's, it, time is definitely an issue. I think uh, Dragon Quest Eleven took me like 100 hours. Yeah. Um, I loved I loved going through that game, but no, I think I think this newest Pokemon, you know, that is it perfect? No, does it have problems? They all do. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are upset about the whole national decks not being there, and you know what? At first, I was too. <clears throat> so, so what and, does that mean? The national decks? That means that you don't have every right. Pokemon from the whole series? Yes. Okay. Correct. Okay. okay so previously, that. previously, what they did is every Pokemon game had their own. Uh, pokemon in it Mm -hmm. but you were able to transfer pokemon to it and every pokemon was able to be brought over um the like pokemon let's go you can't do it obviously it's just the 151 in meltran but this game you can't do that you can only bring what's in the game's decks which people 
you know, or national, you know, naturally upset about. Um, for me, I think what they did was better in application than people want to admit. And what they did is they really they trimmed the fat. Yeah. They, you know, every game has like a, a normal type you know rodent as like the or or, or a commonplace lobby thing and a yeah, bird the, the, pidgeys, know, like and the pidgeys and the ratatas yeah. yeah you know so they 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 start you know they start cutting them so like you know there's, there's no ratata there's no pidgey who who made it over which was a pidgey later on but <clears throat> they they trimmed a lot of that fat the stuff that you weren't really going to be playing now they also trimmed some big ones they trim like dragonite is gone like like the you know most of the starters are gone like Char- charmander's there but squirtle and bulbasaur are gone um so you know i understand people being upset about their favorites not being there and a lot of my favorites aren't there either yeah. but i think it kind of forces you out of your comfort zone and it forces you to find new favorites which is exactly what i did yeah um and i think playing the same games with your same favorites over and over and over again has a certain appeal but it also kind of gets boring and this kind of changes it up all the time. So and I th- question, I th- are they open to doing like a DLC in the future or some kind of expansion pack where they can be like, they, all right. We'll they've stated all. that they're not doing that. Okay. Um, of course, things can change, but they've stated that. Now, I think the next Pokemon might be different, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing for this. Well, uh, and and if I you think, think about it, this is the first true console pokemon even though you know switch is a handheld as well but it is the first pokemon to be on consoles so it's kind of good to have its new era too it is it's it's almost like a soft reboot in a sense yeah um which i think the series needed um i think going forward they need more changes i think if they just release the same game again um i don't think it's going to do as well i think they do need some more like i would love the whole game being the wild area and you know what put all the pokemon in it that'd be great um i would tell you this though all the pokemon i would definitely not collect them all like as it is i when when i started let's go which was the first pokemon game i played since x and y um, I was like, oh, it's the original Kanto. I'm going to get all 151. And I didn't. I didn't. I got close. I think I got like 135, but I just never finished it. Yeah. And like this time when I started, I'm like, I'm going to get all 400. Yeah, here I go. And, and whether I do it or not, I, it really depends. But in reality, I'll probably get like to 300 and then I'll stop. In, in Let's Go, wasn't there that crazy magnet thing that you had to do with an evolution in Pokemon Go or something crazy? Mel- Meltan. Meltan. Yeah, I did not want to. I, like, I was going to do it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then it was like, no, I'm not going to play millions of hours on the iPhone to do it and I'm in it you didn't have to play millions on the hour I found it was very easy to do I was in an area with no internet though (laughs) oh you figured out a way to do it quick huh oh no it's very easy all you do is when you connect them you get a box that you get like once a week you can open up the box when you do it for the next 30 minutes Meltan will spawn on you in Pokemon Go and you just you just catch them and then you transfer them over to let's go so I was doing that, but because I have no internet or any kind of good cell phone coverage in my area, like I couldn't even get them to spawn, even when I had the spawn on. So I did it like the first wow. time, and I only got like two or three, and I'm like, ugh. Well, at least you could send over the two or three. And yeah. Well, how many did you, you have to that? have, 100 or something? No. You need 400 candies to evolve it in Pokemon Go. That's I don't know what, I, what it was. 
I don't know what you need to do to involve it in Let's Go. I didn't. I didn't I do that. I think you had to do it in Pokemon Go. So you need like four hundred. So that's why I was like, ah, it's gonna take well, me four hundred candies, not four hundred Meltans. Oh. You can get like six. If you use like the right berries, you can get like six candy per. Plus, you can, you know, transfer it to the professor and get another one. So seven candies per. It, it's not that bad. It's still bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess with no internet, it's bad. Yeah, but but it was no, like like if there was a thousand Pokemon in this, I'd, I wouldn't even attempt got to catch them all. I would I would pretty much just go through the game and just start fighting. I wouldn't even worry about catching them. Like in this game, uh, I go to a new route and I I don't try try not to leave until I've caught everything I see. Yeah, and uh, what idea. what's nice about this is that a you can save anywhere. Um, there are Pokemon, like Let's Go, there are Pokemon that appear out in the wild, like you just see them. Um, and if you see one that you never saw before and you save and you go after it and you accidentally kill it before you can catch it, you can actually shut down the game, reboot it back up to that save file. It'll still be out there on the field because it literally like is a snapshot save, oh. like a save state. So it's cool. But then there's also hidden Pokemon, uh, like in the original games with the random encounters. So you kind of get a mix, and some Pokemon will only be hidden while others will be hidden or outside. Um, so it kind of, you know, it adds another layer to it. It's, it's honestly a lot better, and I think that your wife will probably like it too. I think my daughter's gonna gonna do it. Your daughter's gonna love it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like I'm just basically once she bugs me enough to get it, I'll get it. Um, but like we're in the middle of a, a move coming up too, so I'm gonna be limiting those type of purchases and it might just be something I get her for Christmas and make her wait. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it'll go nice with that. Uh, limited edition. Yeah. Uh, switch she already has just dance 2020 with that. So, so I know she's going to like that. So that's, that's a you bonus need to get, you need to get her. Let's sing 2020. No oh, God. Right, last thing I need is for her to be singing and karaoke in the house. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, um, I think that Pokemon's a good one. Uh, it sounds like there wasn't a whole lot released this last week, which is good for me. Makes me not want to anxiety buy some stuff. There's a lot released. There just wasn't a lot of yeah. like must-have great releases. Now, now, that being said, there's a damn Star Wars game that was released for the PS4. Yep. The, and it's like, oh, oh I need that. But I haven't pulled the trigger because there's a million games on the PS4 that I need to play. I mean, I haven't even gotten like Spider-Man yet. Like I'm going to uh, eventually. But like, there's so many good games, and they're all I, extremely intensive. I haven't pulled the trigger on it either, and I really want to. Um, but keep in mind, it's an EA game. It's gonna go down in value very quickly. So just yeah. just try and hold off. That's what I do. Is like I literally on all the big games, I just wait. Um, I'm like at an if I see a Switch game under ten bucks, I'll pick it up if it's on my list. I have over a hundred games on my list I need to pick up for the Switch. Um, and if it's under ten bucks, I'll pick it up. If it's not, I'll wait. And eventually I'll get them when I need them or I run out of games to play. Um, but what I'm seeing is is that I want a collect-a-thon later with the Switch 2. And if I pick up everything now, I won't have anything to hunt for later when it, you know, when the Switch is done years down the line and there's, you know, an aftermarket. You can find some cheap down the road in the oh, garage sales. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. And I love the hunt. I love looking for games. I mean, 
I was sitting there and looking at Wii and Wii U games the other day when I was at GameStop, and I'm like, ooh, there's one that I, I might need. And I finally was able to find Wii Sports U or Wii Sports Club. I think it's Wii Club. Sports Club, which is a pretty rare one. I'd never seen it at a store before, and I was actually able to find it. So nice. it was a See, release. I I, I missed that. Honestly, I missed that hunt. Um, yeah. uh, I think... You know, a lot of people say, like, oh, the Wii was crappy and stuff like that. And it had a lot of shovelware. But uh, going for that set, just hunting for that set was so much fun. Because every store I went to had different Wii games. And it was like, oh, my God, there's so many different ones here. And they're all cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was was a lot of fun doing that. So the the Switch is going to have that. Um, It's going to be really tough to find the limited stuff, which... Yeah. But... It's probably not going to be as tough as we anticipate because people are buying it and collecting it and getting multiple copies, which means there'll be some later. Um, well, I think the in terms of like limited run stuff because they're open pre-orders, yeah. you you'll be able to find it easily online. And I stress online. You might find one at a yard sale if you're lucky. Mm, I doubt. Um, some of, you might find the Best Buy covers um, if you're out there. But here's something to take note: GameStop at least at this point, will not take back any, will not will not take in as trade like any limited run or super rare or anything like that. So if you were to take a limited run game to GameStop, I don't want this anymore, I want to trade it in, they will not take it, which means you will not get to go to a GameStop during a buy two, get one free kind of deal and find, oh, here's this limited run and this limited run game. Um, yeah, they will not be there. It'll just be at local game stores and other mom and pop places, which is cool. Um, and then the thing is conventions too, like they'll be at conventions with collectors and that's usually when I do a lot of my stuff. Like I've seen limited run games and they'll have like different LEs cause they, they have a few extra stock in case stuff gets damaged and they bring them to conventions. And so like I've seen games, I was like, Ooh, there's the uh, NES version of uh, bloodstained curse of the moon. I'm like, Ooh, not curse. The- yeah, it is curse of the moon, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I was like, ooh, there it is. And, and like, I already had it, but I was like, if I didn't, I could get it there. So even with that stuff, like, I can wait. A lot of the international stuff, though, is going to be tough. And I don't yeah. consider online game hunting, by the way, like eBay and that. I don't consider that game hunting as much as I like to find it in person. <laughs> it's fun. That depends on the game. <laughs> True. Um. Now let's go for. to let's go to your news. Uh, the thing that you were mad about. Um, oh, that's be- all I was yeah. hoping we could skip this. Yeah, because <laughs> my thing is, is that an example of something that's a triple A game that's going to piss me off. That's going to be expensive later is the Bayonetta Climax Edition, where it's just the only yep. way to get Bayonetta one. Um, I have it on other consoles, so it's not like I have an anxiety that I absolutely need it, but it is. For the Switch to have a perfect, playable, great collection, I would like it. So, on that, if they decided to release it stateside physically, Bayonetta uh, One, I would be happy. Um, so, I'm assuming that this news piece is the one that we're talking about. It's the Darius yeah. Cosmic Collections we, coming. We talked about this last time, I think, too. <laughs> we yeah, mentioned so, this thing. So, the fact is, is that Darius Cosmic Collection came is is out there. You can buy it, but there's a limited edition version that was released with like a couple exclusive games and jp in his ever loving awesomeness posted a link about one that's coming to strictly limited very soon a couple days um and it's gonna have those games on it right i think i believe it's gonna have those games yeah i'm keeping my this too. It's, that that is a european release so that's still not a not a, a US uh, american 
Yeah. But we're able to actually get it. Um, they did. They, they did not have at least from what I saw. I didn't really go through it too thoroughly. But I don't think they had a price point. Um, no. If it's at a, over a hundred dollars, I'm still not going to buy it because I don't have the funds to be throwing hundreds of dollars at multiple games and i'm only mad months. about this because i just bought i finally found it for uh-huh. for a decent price i yeah. i got the, the japanese special edition because uh, they're going for like 350 dollars or yes, more and are. i found i found it for 200 Ooh, so i jumped good. on it you know at that price i'm like oh i'm gonna jump on it so now it's like crap what I'll do <laughs> well and then the thing is is that so even though strictly limited's doing it are they going to do exactly the same? Probably not. So are the differences worthwhile? Will it keep its price for the Japanese one? Or will the price go down now because the demand is going to switch towards Strictly Limited? I don't know. It yeah. really depends. That's that's the really hard part of collecting in the now is that I, like, I'm holding off on the Bayonetta thing because I'm like, it's too expensive. And if somebody releases it, I'm going to be like, man, I should have waited because I would rather have a U.S. version oh, or yeah. or a NTSC version or whatever or not or PAL version instead of Japanese version or whatever. But um, there are certain versions that supersede. So if they release it in the U.S., I would rather have that. It's where yep. I'm at with La Mulana, too. I'm like, man, I just bought it Japanese. Um, there's going to be an English version now, so... That one is playable without knowing English, but it'd be a better experience with English. So it's like, damn, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have got it so quickly because I didn't realize that they didn't announce that they were doing a U.S. one. It was actually the contrary for a while. So see, yeah, I agree. I'm actually at a point now with with Switch collecting where I'm virtually done with imports for the time being. Okay. Um, there, there are some exceptions. Like I got the the Dragon Quest one, two, and three Asian release because uh, that's that's like certain companies like Square. They're not bringing it over. Oninaki, I got you know the European one because I actually contacted them and they're like, yeah, we're not doing a U.S. release. No, um, so like in cases like that where I'm fairly certain it's not going to come over, and they're big titles like the Final Fantasy seven, eight. Uh, like Square, Square is one of those. They're not going to bring over. Capcom's one of those. They're not going to bring over. So. Uh, I'm a little bit more confident, but with a lot of these other ones, unless like super rares and is, you know, and, and red art and stuff like that, or little exceptions to the rule cause they're limited, but like, Oh, this is on Amazon UK and it's not over here. Uh, I'm pretty much done with them. Um, because they're just, they could come here in a lot of them. Um, this week, instant sports is coming to the switch Lynn, on Friday. And that was a European exclusive for a while. And, yeah, I'm, and I'm tired of this double dipping and I've got a bunch of European games now that I need to, to just sell. And I'm going to be probably selling them at a loss just to get them out of my house. And, and it kind of double dipping on the limited side where one limited company will pick up, uh, something that limited on games did or vice versa. And it's like, well, I'd rather have the U.S. version, but it's like they're both limited, right? It was like what we were talking about a couple episodes ago with Battle Princess Madeline. At least with that one, they're doing two different games, which is the right way to do it. But if they're just literally, oh, well, we're just putting it out again because we got the... What what about a a prime example is uh, on the the PS4, which is Wonder Boy. Uh, Limited Run did a Wonder Boy, and then Nicholas did it afterwards, and they're both U.S. releases. Yep, exactly. And it's like, well, and, and I mean, it's the same thing with collecting both limited run games release and the blockbuster version. They're both by <clears> limited run yeah. games. They have different variant covers. Um, to me, I I'm getting whatever cover looks cooler. 
I don't really care. <clears throat> I'm um, getting both covers. <laughs> but I just I don't need the game twice though. And that's just me. It's like I'm collect to play and not to put on the shelf. So it's like I don't need both. Um, <clears throat> well, you can buy the covers from Living Around Games if you want the cover. You just buy it for a quarter or a dollar or whatever. So there's that. You just add it on. You get it. Um, but well, here's an interesting thing that's going on now. And this is actually relevant to my collecting. Is I just redid my PlayStation 4 wall. <clears throat> I had to redo it because I I just got too many games over its period. It's mainly limited run stuff um, just to fit in. And I realized I didn't have enough room on the wall. I really did not. So I made an, a, a conscious decision to pull every limited like uh, collector's edition release. Not a limited release, but like limited edition, collector's edition, whatever like big box version off the wall. And when I got all my games up, <clears throat> I have very little space left. And of those collector's editions I pulled off, those are my only copy. So I need to buy another copy to put on the wall for a smaller and, and sell the collector's edition off. And I realize I'm just going to run out of room. The PS4 still has another <laughs> year left, and, and Limited Run is still going to keep churning them out, and that's mainly Forever. what I'm buying. Forever. I like Star Wars. Uh, you know, I want to get that. So I came up with an idea, and I'm most likely going to have to take variant covers uh, or, or like like – Second releases kind of deal, like where I have like Mortal Kombat X and then they release Mortal Kombat XL with like the DLC on the disc. Mm-hmm. Uh, like take the original version and put that um, in a like a banker's box or something and just put that like in a storage room. And I hate doing that because it's part of the collection and is now hidden and just keep mm-hmm. like the, the, the game of the year kind of deal, the, the full version up on the wall. Um, or one cover instead of both covers uh, up on the wall just for space. And and I hate that it's come to that. Like It's like, oh, I need more room. <laughs> and Switch is, is, is very, very rapidly coming to that very same conclusion. And I hate it. And I, I've been selling all my collector's editions that I can. I'm just, or, or, if I'm, or if I'm getting a collector's edition, I'm only getting that version and I'm opening it. Um, and I'm opening it and I'm enjoying it. And I'm saying screw it at this point because it's, it's too much. It's just too much. Yeah, and I mean that is the the realm of the current landscape of gaming is these limited companies, there's multiple now and they're churning out good releases with good quality and big limited editions and stuff and it's great, but those that are collecting are are <coughs> feeling it because you can only display so much and yep. like I'm and I don't want to give a spoiler for for my my house hunting for those that are going to watch it on HGTV but I'm going to I plan on regardless of what the house looks like <laughs> um I'm going to limit what I'm doing for display. I'm probably going to still have my NES collection wall and then there's going to be a Switch stuff. And that's it. I'm going to streamline things a little bit um just because I want things to to look a little nicer, <coughs> I have a, yeah. a a bookshelf too that I'll have to have like my project stuff on. But like currently, I have Sega CD, Saturn, Turbo stuff shown, and like I'm probably going to some of that's going to be annexed away, which is sad because I love those oh. systems. Oh yeah, I have a full Saturn set. I can't annex that. That has to be on display. Yeah, so like that's where <laughs> that's where like I'm not going to be displaying everything. And it's because it's just it, it pains too me too much stuff. <clears throat> and then you know, at that point, it's like it, it's kind of. I was I was talking to my wife years ago when we were talking about like the NWC cart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know whether we get that or not. And you know Pat has them both. And Pat, Pat has admitted like, oh, they're they're sitting in a bank vault. 
And I said to her, I was like, what if I come across one? Like, just, just hey, I happen to come across one. You know, here's this $20,000 game. You know, do we put it in a bank vault and just to, you know, to preserve it and make sure it's safe? Um, but then is this part of the collection, but are we really able to enjoy it? Like, no, like what's the point? Almost like should, maybe I should sell it and just use the money for something else. And I feel like putting it in things in boxes like that, like it's, it, it limits what you can really enjoy. And I hate it. Yeah. And I, I was talking with JP, um, while a little while back and I, I was telling him, he was the first person I told, I said, you know, I'm, I'm getting rid of my collector's editions. He's like, you are. I said, yeah, I'm, I just don't have the room. I'm just paring them down. I'm, I'm just getting rid of them and I'm just going to, you know, open up what I want to, you know, and keep, keep what I want, keep the steel book and just sell the rest of the stuff. And, and, like a day or two later, he he posted that he was doing the same thing. Oh yeah, like, you guys are like a damn sewing circle. And, and, and <laughs> I sent him a message. I said, I said, I guess my talk got to you. Like, yeah, and we're both doing the exact same thing now. We actually and it's talked fun. about that on the playcast when he was when he was he didn't say he was talking to you, but he said he was talking to other collectors. Um, and we were talking about that when he was doing it. I'm like, dude, you might as well. Like it's 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 <laughs> so, a it's a crazy financial thing too when you want to try to do everything. And so then my thought is is, above and beyond what I did, of course, of course he did. But like, because my thought is, all right, so if it's put away, then then I got to see what's truly nostalgic that I want to keep, because like anything that I have a story with that I've gotten from someone or anything like that, I don't ever get rid of. But then it's like, all right, I have all these Sega CD games, but I can play them all elsewhere so do i need those to have on display i'm not displaying them will i use them in the future on display so i have to i'm going to do a lot of probably paring down once i move to georgia um because the switch is going to be is my main my main collection um that's my main my main draw i hear you there yeah see like i like I like the wow factor. I like to definitely have them out there. And and I've thought about this before with mm-hmm. uh, when my 360 and my PS3 were growing rapidly because GameStop was virtually giving them away. Yes, and I found were. them at every garage sale. Uh, and those those collections have actually stopped. Like they're they're really like the growth on them is so small. Like maybe one game, two games a year at this point. Like they it almost came to a, a grand halt because GameStop's getting rid of them, and I just stopped doing garage sales. But I have like a bunch of Maddens and NBAs and NHLs, like all the sports games. I found that <sighs> dollar yard sales, and like I was like, you know, it's going to be one of the first things if I need room is I'm going to take the latest version and keep it on the shelf, and I'm going to put the rest in the box and have them, but I don't need them all on the shelf. There's still all on the shelf because i have the room but i was looking at like the ps4 and i realized i can't do that on the ps4 because i've got over a thousand games on that shelf and i've got one sports title a madden i found for 50 cents and it's like i can't use that philosophy (laughs) these are all not sports games these are all like you know either limited games or 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 triple a games or or just really good games uh, mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of quality on that and i was like oh my god what do i do <laughs> and and i mean i was doing limited run for ps4 for a while and then when they switched over to switch i went with them um especially i never left because <laughs> they, well, they like they double dipped for a while on, on releases did. and i'm like okay i'm going to cut off ps4 completely which i haven't bought a ps4 um, limited run in a long time just because the only one that i got was shimu 3 
um, which I did post a picture. I got that in this week, by the way, the the collector's edition, a giant one. It's huge. I got the Kickstarter where I got a wonderful cardboard sleeve for $60. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I did not do that. Oh, I'm so disappointed. In fact, I actually just bought another copy at Best Buy to get the Steelbook. <laughs> I like only that. support indie people on Kickstarter, <clears throat> like people that uh-huh. are just like Battle Princess Madeline, for example. Well, because like, they, they lied to us, though. Oh, they, they said did. we were going to get an exclusive cover. And I was like, oh, exclusive like cover, which like, you know, like games like Sundred gave us an exclusive cover. Like, all right, this is going to be exclusive cover. And Shenmue, you know, like, that's awesome. And then when it's like, oh, now here it is. You know, they did the same thing with uh, Bloodstained. They're like, yes, oh, here's did. exclusive covered, And it's a slipcover. And we paid more for it. And here's the kicker. I... I, I love I love Bloodstained. I love mm-hmm. Castlevania. It's great. I got that Kickstarter on Xbox One, PS4, Switch, <laughs> and then a second Switch version because I had the Vita and the Wii U versions pre-ordered. And I had to swap them over. Yeah, I want my I want my Wii U version. Oh man, same. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's like oh yeah, it's and, so and I I made a decision like a while ago that I won't back any of them major companies because on Kickstarter because it makes no sense. Um, but like all the indie guys with that are developing cool stuff, that's a hundred percent of my level. Those are the stuff that I look at. If they have a physical tier, I'm all over it. Um, otherwise if it has to be something that really connects with me, but I mean, I, I've supported hundreds of, of Kickstarters. I do. Yeah. That's, that's mainly what I do. If there's a physical tier and it's an indie and not just a physical switch, if there's a, you know, like there's one Tokyo Kronos, I supported the, you know, physical VR. Uh, cause that's another subset I have is the PSVR set because I, over there yet. I, 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 I enjoy it when I can play it again. It, it does trigger my vertigo. So yeah. I'm really hoping <laughs> PS five remedies that a little bit, but it's, uh, it's just interesting, you know, even, even some things. And I, I get mad, I got mad, um, not mad, but like it's disappointing because my Vita stuff I've put in uh, like CD size shelving because it fits perfectly. Yeah. And Play Asia is still releasing Vita games, and they're releasing uh, limited editions. They're only releasing as a limited edition, but they're releasing it for thirty-five bucks. Uh. <clears throat> How could you go wrong for getting the, the soundtrack and all that for virtually the same price? Because it's free shipping. So yeah. I'm like, okay, that's that's awesome. The, the Play exclusives. But they're just too big. Like, look, I got not, like too big for the shelf. I'm talking like a millimeter too big, like just. And I was like, oh my god, do I open these up? What do I do with them now? <laughs> At this point, it's like, oh no. So and I can't funny. get mad because they're giving me free stuff with First it. First world problems. First world problems. That's what the, that, we should just change the name of this podcast or playcast to just hashtag first world problems. I mean, we could put the hashtag when we post the episode. <laughs> That's craziness. And I mean, the thing is, though, is that we all collect for different re- reasons. But like, I only have, let me look, uh, six Vita games <laughs> with that one I just bought for $5. Like, I, I really have been trying to just avoid like triggering some kind of <laughs> collector's aspect with it because I don't have the money. Um, about three, four years ago, maybe, maybe it was more than that. Probably four, four to five years ago, I came to a conclusion, and people have said it since I came to it. But at that point, I had already jumped on it. That I felt that the Wii U was the modern day Dreamcast, and the Vita was the modern day Saturn. And I, when I realized this, I said I have to go for those sets now while I can, and I did. And a year later, people start, started saying the same thing a year after I 
I, I came to that realization and the prices started skyrocketing for both those systems and became much, much harder to find. Like if you go to a GameStop, their Vita section, if they have one, is pathetic, yeah. especially finding them cased. Um, so I'm glad I did when I did because the prices are going skyrocketing. However, I did a lot of Vita collector's editions because of that. So this is a good problem to have. I, I now have to sell them because they just take up too much room and I, I'm just going to get the standard versions. Um, but but the, all those collectors, they just went up. Vita Vita's hot because of that. Anytime you have a failed system made from a, a major publication, it's going to retain. The Saturn, that's why the Saturn went up. The the Wii U is going to go up again. It's Nintendo's failure and and this the Vita was really Sony's failure. Yeah, I think that's where like me paring down whatever I have is going to help with the Switch collection because <laughs> again, I've mentioned it on previous episodes, but Everything with Hagen's Alley Books, Hagen's Alley Entertainment goes into that business. It's in a separate bank account, so I don't touch it. Um, and it just goes toward the business. So it's it's a tough separation of church and state when it comes to you know collecting <laughs> and everything. But like I don't touch any of that. So it's like I got to kind of get rid of some of my games to get more games. And I'm with everybody else out there that listens. And I kind of like keeping it like that with a fun hobby. Um that being said Definitely. with the book, um, so I last week finished a little bit of the physical layouts. Um, I've been writing the digital-only reviews, so I knocked out another six reviews since I've been back a couple days ago. Uh, my goal is to finish the complete digital-only uh, within the next week. Um, that way I can just start finishing up all the layouts. Um, waiting on three backers to get back to me about what they want to write about for the contributors. Now I'm going to show all the details to the contributors because I haven't done that yet. Um, but I want everybody to do their surveys first before I do that because then I have to do like figure out, oh, who didn't I tell? And it's become, I can't keep track of that. Um, <laughs> so, But JP did get me a section last week, so I got to look into that. Um, but it actually, after that, just waiting on the contributor stuff is not an issue because I'll be finishing up the rest, which means it's it's going to have some really good progress here done within the next couple weeks. And That's fantastic. It might be an semblance of completion. We'll see. Um, New Year's resolution, have it out by yeah. January? Well, because yeah, like, <laughs> well, you got to realize, like once I finish my piece, it goes through a, a publication printing process where they're going and looking at QC, and that takes weeks. And then the, yeah. the actual printing itself takes like eight weeks. So <laughs> like it's it's going to be probably February, March when it's actually getting shipped. Um, and that's being very lenient with the time frame. Um, and I'm not going to launch part two until it's completely formatted and we have like it all volume two like pretty much in the semblance and done i don't like to do a kickstarter before things are written and i i had a digital only um conundrum where i was like i thought i could get people to uh contribute with some of that with like some of the people in the community and they just didn't have time so since it's all on my plate for the next one It'll be waiting. Like we're not going to launch the kick. It might the Kickstarter might launch next year, like around now for Volume Two, like because I'm just going to have it really well done before we launch the next Kickstarter. Because I like to not have backers wait forever. <laughs> That's just me. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to finally get that book. <laughs> oh, it's and the thing is, is that I've recently i did something which i don't know if you've listened to the episode when i announced it but um all my books come sealed now 
<laughs> this means some people are going to want to buy a second one to keep one sealed. And what you are preying on the sealed collectors. But <laughs> having it sealed, though, keeps it in better condition when it arrives because I had an issue with corners with previous books. Yeah. So that's the meaning behind it. And it costs me like a penny or two to seal them. So I'm like, I'm sealing every book. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be super cool. And we did hit, even though we didn't hit the Jap- Japan only stretch goal. Um, when I sent out the survey, I had so many people that wanted the slip cover that we hit it. Like it's, it's after everybody pays the, the 20 extra dollars, like we're, we're beyond that stretch goal. So that's it. Jap- Japan only sections already created. I did that like last week. So it's already done. Um, People were asking in the surveys, is that the wooden slipcase? No. <laughs> I might, I'm going to post in an update. Here is one of my slipcases for Hidden Gaming Gems. Here is the wooden slipcase for the previous book, The Complete Virtual Boy. And it, it's very different. The wooden one is completely laser etched, hand stained and varnished by me in wood versus a um, casing, a slip casing like a cardboard slip casing, which looks awesome. Um, and it does help protect the book as well. Gives it a pro look to it. So there are two differences, um, both amazing. And I'm going to make sure with the Switch one that the slip case fits inside the wooden case, of course. Why wouldn't it? Of course. Of course. Um, like yeah. a nesting doll. Yeah, like a nesting doll, exactly. You never be able to get in the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say it's a good time to, uh, to wrap up um as always you can find me at hagensalley.com this playcast will be available everywhere um all podcasting uh switchopedia.com it will take you directly to pre-order the book on the shopify store along with you can see all the other books will be there too but it goes directly to the page all that's available is the book though um all the extra kickstarter stuff was exclusive to kickstarter um, with exception of the slipcase, which I offered to all backers, and will be, be available somewhere in the future. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yep. Um, all the social medias, I'm at Hagen's Alley, and I'm at Hagen's Alley Books on the Instagram. What about you? You can find me on that the Twitter, at Hawk Hellfire. On YouTube, you can go to Nintendo Fuse for my videos there. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, if you if you want to find me on Facebook, you could do a Nintendo Fuse there as well. Or if you're a part of the Switch community, you've probably seen me posting around. <laughs> so feel free to send me a message and say hi. Yeah. So everybody, thank you. Uh, follow us next week as we venture into Luigi's Mansion and go after Luigi's Mansion 3. Hopefully I can make some good progress because I know Barry I think you will. <clears throat> but You'll make it. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Have a great day. Bye.